It is 9.54 p.m. in my world, and in my world, this is late, but I'm excited to share some more words with you right now. I'll be reading a piece that I wrote back in October of 2016, and then another piece that I just wrote in the last couple of days, and they are on community. That's our word for today, community. As the sun sets and our little one sleeps in her new big girl bed, I'm finding myself reflective and very grateful. I'm looking out on our backyard and thinking, we have all this to enjoy, which isn't simply about the tall old trees or the old house or the plants we've labored over. It's also about our little family, pancake breakfasts and kitchen dance sessions on Sunday mornings, daily morning walks, a sense of true community. We've learned a lot about how to open our doors and enter the open doors of others for more than basic pleasantries. Sharing life, regardless of religious and political affiliations, and with no thought of conversion, has become more the norm than the exception. It's refreshing. Takes us out of the control center and into a sort of faithful presence that's frustrating at times, yet honest and necessary and maturing. We still struggle with unconditional love, that's for sure. We're not pretending to have arrived on any level, yet to see who we've become and where we can still grow is exciting. God has stuck with us, as is his nature. So even though we're living in a crazy time, even though life beyond our cozy neighborhood isn't all rosy, we have all this to enjoy, and I intend to make the most of it for as long as it's ours. Community, April 2020. I remember overthinking my way through a values assessment several years ago. It was a sort where you have 20-odd values typed across a sheet of paper, and you have to pick which resonate with you. I think the first step was to pick all that I liked, essentially, and then narrow that down to 12, and then narrow that down to 3 to 5. There was no need to feel married to the final list, but I definitely wanted mine to be perfect. I'm sure perfection was not an option on the page, but I do remember allowing excellence in. Just so you know, I deleted excellence from my list a year later or so, and the freedom I felt was ridiculous. Perhaps it was kind of like finally kicking a bad habit. I'm still proud of that decision, even though I still struggle to let things be. One of my most surprising finds that also awakened a bit of guilt was that I didn't choose the word family. I love mine, always have, but that's not a word that frantically waved at me desiring to be picked. And at some point during the process, I remember placing a clear X over all the words I was not choosing so that my available options would be very clear. I put an X across family. Shh, don't tell them. What I chose instead 
was the word community. It encompassed family and more. I understood it. I could hold it confidently in my hand, write it clearly in one of my many journals. Community. I don't know the etymology. I do like how it sounds, though. There's an immediate warmth. Come. Be here. You're welcome. Rest. Laugh. Eat. Stay. Link arms. Skip the small talk. Tell me all about your world. As I wondered why family wasn't a value, I thought about how I'd grown up. From about four and a half, I've lived far away from extended family, and when I say far, I mean airplane required far, time zone change far, we have totally different accents far. I've learned to embrace the people who are around me. So often our family of four, and then later six, was hosting others for Sabbath lunch. This was the one day that there were at least five dishes on the table, if not more. We kids would count. The more dishes on the table, the more impressive the meal. I distinctly remember chiding my mother more than once for having only three things on the table. Thankfully, this is one childish thing I've put away. It's just a matter of time until my offspring discover it. Thankfully, my husband is our cook, so I won't be the victim of their grumbles. One thing that set these meals apart, aside from the dish count, was that there was zero fuss. My mother wasn't running around frantically. Somehow, even when a last-minute invitation was extended and accepted, she entered some zen-like space. I'd ask, Mom, did you cook a lot of food, having no memory of large quantities prepared the day before? She'd reply, it'll stretch. And it always did. Sometimes it was college students who must have unconsciously felt my mother's calming presence and entered into a post-lunch nap. Couches, floors, it didn't matter, they rested. Sometimes it was a mix of adults and kids around my younger sibling's age. Sometimes it was people we knew, friends. Sometimes it was people who could one day be friends. Some did. And there were those random drop-bys. It's not often anyone does that anymore. You have to call, arrange a time, then come. I always knew who the really comfortable folks were. They showed up. They showed up just because. They showed up to bucket water out of the flooded basement. They showed up. And they laughed, the belly laughs that tell you the joke was sweet. And there were common threads in our stories. Being seen is priceless. Community came in different colors. Hearing and seeing my dad laugh with, argue with, and dearly love someone who didn't look like him gave me an early openness to cross-racial and cross-cultural connections. The would-be other had many faces and was also part of my comfort zone and still is. In all honesty, however, it's more complicated as an adult. Instead of watching my parents create an imperfect utopia of sorts, I've had to learn to initiate contact, saying, Hi, my name is Michaela, to a neighbor as we walk past each other almost, and waiting to hear the other person's name is harder than being introduced as your parent's daughter when a stranger walks through the door. 
dropping off a scavenger hunt sheet for a neighbor's child, offering up my husband to pick up another neighbor's groceries, texting another neighbor a short shopping list after she asks, need anything from Target, while getting into her car. These moments don't happen without time spent, intentional words exchanged, phone numbers keyed into contact lists, and these moments make my world. The problem with valuing community in these ways is that I expect others to do the same. It's an unrealistic expectation I'm learning. Our varying stories cause us to lean into different ways of being. And as much as I don't want to say that that's okay, I think I have to. Or I at least have to say words that show I'm admitting to it, in theory. That's all I have for today. The hour is late, the time is short. If you would, take a moment and let me know how you relate or don't relate to the word community. Perhaps something I've said resonates or sounds a little too much. I won't know until you tell me. Maybe we'll become friends. Email me at wordhabit at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. This is Word Habit, where all the words matter. Thank you.